This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief. And I have today with me Paul von Palmgarten, who is the Director of Energy and Environmental Affairs for Johnson Controls. Paul, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here. Great. Well, why don't we just start off? I, I don't know a lot about Johnson Controls myself, so I'm curious to hear. I know you're in the automotive industry. Can you fill us in a little bit about what uh, Johnson Controls does? Well, actually, you know, sometimes we refer to ourselves as the quiet company. We're in headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the uh, Northwestern Mutual Insurance is, and they sort of... They, take claim to that, and because uh, um, not many people are that aware of, of what Johnson Controls does, but our two businesses are buildings and uh, automobiles, and we're world leaders in both of those. Uh, in the building industry, we make building automation systems and uh, chillers and all kinds of you know, mechanical and electrical equipment, and um, uh, we're the largest energy efficiency provider in the world. Really, and um, that's again a little a little known fact. We do more energy efficiency with our clients than the, than any other organization. So you're like the guys behind the guys that are ma- that are making it right. happen. I'm very proud of of our customers and what they do, and and we're a part of their their team and getting it done. Okay, well, well, can you enlighten us a little bit more about? I mean, certainly energy efficiency is a huge topic within anything related to green living, which is what our our audience is interested in. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more about the specifics and how you yes. would help uh, your vendors or customers achieve that? Great, I'm, I'm glad you asked. The uh, energy efficiency, I call it the gift that keeps giving. Once you do you do it and you sustain it, it uh, the, the savings streams that come from it come year in and year out. And um, in our building stock, our commercial building stock, in, in, uh, in, especially in North America, we have four and a half million existing buildings. It's a huge building stock, and they all use more energy than they need to. The way we constructed them and the way we operate them, we basically don't uh, operate them to maximum uh, efficiency. And so there's a, there, there has been a movement afoot in the last 20 years to harvest those saving streams, reduce that energy consumption, and make those buildings more energy efficient. That's at the core of the green building movement. Mm-hmm. You can't have a green building without having an energy efficient building. That's right, and that's an important point. This actually came up on on a show that we did the other day, uh, or actually last week, when we were talking about there, there's a lot of attention being given to alternate energy sources and things, but really the, the most impact comes from when there are efficiencies put into place, and, and that is really clearly the most you know most important thing. It's always there. One of the the methodologies to harvest the savings, we have a tendency in in this country to do things that, that have shorter paybacks. 
And so, and uh, many times, uh, you know, a, a one to two year payback will be the criteria that's used to determine whether someone makes an investment in that, let's say, new light bulb or, or uh, you know, um, energy consuming equipment. And but for the last 20 years, the public sector has used a methodology called performance contracting, where they drill much deeper and they take they harvest savings that spread out over a 10 year period. The federal government will go as far as 20 years to harvest those savings. So, those uh, and what what happens is in those those um, programs, the saving streams pay for the uh, the equipment, and so you know they're all funded out of the saving streams. So it's very common methodology for the public sector is to use performance-based contracting to harvest the savings. Well, and that's important to have that outlook, that long-term outlook, too. You know, I mean, the, the, the Japanese are famous for having 50- and 100-year outlooks right. in the way they run their, their country and their businesses. And you're right that, you know, America especially tends to be very, very short-sighted when it comes to really anything. We have that that quick sort of consumer must-have immediate society. And, you know, we we felt fortunate. I, I always talk about the you know the solar. Our, our first sort of toe in the water with li- green living was putting solar on our roof, and we were fortunate because I know solar can have depending on your pe- your power bill, which ours was painfully high. What uh, you can have an eight or ten year pay, um, ROI. You know, well, there's a significant trend emerging, and, and it's, it's it. You just mentioned it before about renewables. Performance contracting has become a you know a, a very um, reliable, well understood, and easy and easily contracted for um, program that the public sector has used very liberally. School districts and cities and counties, they've been using this for for the last twenty years. They're now adding, and so they've been harvesting deeper energy efficiency, putting in new chillers, uh, new equipment, new lighting systems, new mechanical systems. Basically, you know, upgrading those buildings. Sometimes putting in new windows, roofs, things that have no payback or don't have a, you know, but yet fall within the criteria of, you know, of the investment criteria, and you're able to get things done that may or may not have had, you know, um, paybacks by themselves. So they leverage the um, efficiency of one thing versus another. Uh, now being added to those projects uh, are renewables. And so you'll see more and more of these performance contracting projects now have a heavy dose of renewables added to it because they're now beginning to make more economic sense and they're subsidized uh, and there's incentives. And so renewables are now being added uh, to the you know, traditional performance contracting programs. But now the new addition to that are green elements. And um, we we're now discovering new um, saving streams that come from operational savings, such as green housekeeping, green recycling, uh, water usage, uh, operations and maintenance, um, things of that nature. And so those are all new saving streams that are now being added to uh, to those bundles, and we now are calling it green performance contracting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm curious on the automotive side. I know you've got you've got the building and you've got the automotive and possibly more than that, but I'm I'm curious on automotive because that's a very hot area for, for everyone at, right now. And I'm just curious about the, I know that you you make lithium ion batteries which I think are the kinds that are used in most of the hybrid electric vehicles. Right. Uh, gas electric vehicles. Can you tell us about that? I know you, I know GM's one of your customers. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with with GM and other manufacturers sure. with hybrid cars? 
in the automotive um, part of our business, we provide uh, the interiors and uh, batteries. And uh, so we would obviously be a, we're the world's largest manufacturer of, of batteries. So we're um, very busy working on uh, hybrid batteries, the next generation of batteries and, and uh, that are going to be uh, powering our vehicles and, and making them um, so much more efficient. But also in, let's say, the interiors of a vehicle, the weight of the materials, the recycled content of the materials, these are all things that are now becoming part of of, uh, of the automotive experience and and uh, are being, you know, as our automobiles become more and more environmentally friendly. This leads me to a question regarding batteries and disposal of batteries. You, you go into a lot of places now like, you know, Best Buys and, and things like that, and it's good to see that they have battery disposal and recycling programs for these very, very toxic things that, that you know, are, are the byproduct of consumer electronics, and in this case, we're talking about automotive vehicles. What kind of programs does Johnson Controls have in place, if any, to, to help deal with oh, sure. end-of-life batteries? Very, very extensive. You'll be pleased to know that the number one recycled product, period, are batteries. Really, that's the number one recycled number one. Oh, that's very good. The highest, the highest percentage of recycled content is is the, is the battery. No, I'm curious though, and I don't mean to <laughs> pop a hole in that balloon in any in any way. But what percentage of batteries is being recycled? Because it kind of becomes one of the things that that's the relative, but the absolute is also important. I think it's it's well into the 90s. Mm-hmm. I think like the number two is uh, um, cameras. Okay, and uh, I saw some statistics not so long ago that that showed uh, you know different industries you know the percentage that was recycled, and uh, the battery because of its very nature has been one of the most highly recycled products in industry. So uh, so that's something I'm, I am aware of. Yeah, and you know from time to time the voices of certain detractors out there uh, with regards to battery powered vehicles will say things like, well, you know you're 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 doing good things on one side with the reduction of fossil fuel consumption, but on the on the downside, when the batteries hit end of life, you're putting toxic things in the environment. I, I've never been able to personally get enough information to, to, to quantify or qualify that. that but I comment, think what you so. can use, and I would suggest that you use it, is that again, um, when one does check, batteries are are if not the highest, I've been told they're the highest of all products being recycled. Yeah. Well, that's so a whole industry around it. That's good to hear. So just moving along a little bit towards the internals of the company, I'm curious, I ask each of my guests on the show about what, what your company is doing internally beyond the products that are being provided. What are you doing internally uh, to go green as a company? One of the things that we, as we developed a passion, and that's the best way to describe it, for uh, sustainability. We, um, um, I went to the U.S. Green Building Council in the late 90s, uh, 98, to uh, start to help them work on LEED and, and uh, been a board member of uh, several terms. And, and so we were very actively involved in the development of the green building rating systems and, and really started you know, digging deep into the subject and became very passionate about it. And it's interesting that our two primary businesses are buildings and cars, number one and two. In, you know, in, in environmental impact. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was you know, a business imperative to really understand the trends and where it's going and to be part of the solution and not the problem. So we became very passionate about sustainability and uh, 
Um, one of the we always knew that is that a well-educated organization uses 10% less energy just by being well-educated. So we started developing a program called SEEK, Sustainable Energy Education and Communication. And it's now a world-class educational program given with electronic modules, and there's 10 of them, and an organization goes through it and learns about sustainability, energy, transportation, water, recycling. It's a, you know, there's, again, 10 electronic modules, and, and it's an internal and external program. It's for educating an organization internally, but it's also for communicating uh, externally as well, and then reporting and tracking and measuring what you're doing as an organization. So we, it's sort of an organizational program around sustainability, and we're now um, giving it to, um, and sharing it with our customers, and and we're doing it ourselves. Our whole company is going through the program uh, starting in about two weeks. Interesting. So now this is a program that you developed internally for your company, and then are also sharing with your your customers. Right. Okay. We, we developed it um, because we just we knew it was something that we was training and education around the subject of energy and sustainability. And then as we got into it, we realized that there was a real void in the in the marketplace for it. So we uh, we continued to you know, develop it, and now it's being uh, shared with the marketplace. Well, I'm curious, is there any way our audience is primarily consumers who are looking to go greener in uh, various areas of their life? And I'm just curious, is there a way that those folks can get access to any of the Certainly. Um, we, you know, we're uh, um, having it available through organizations like IFMA, which is the International Facility Management Association. Certainly Johnson Controls, we're sharing it with, uh, with our, our clients and customers. And we've also developed some... Um, alternative channels so that it can be obtained through a variety of ways. Okay, and is there is there a particular website that sort of houses the consumer level information that uh, you know relates to Johnson Controls or just educational information in general? I know, I, I noticed there was a one uh, that I haven't visited yet, which is igniting creative energy. Is that something that? That's a different program. That that's a program that we, that we've we've done with um, the K twelve students, and uh, it's a contest and the, the winners. Are then uh, go on, on uh, trips and tours and actually show, actually they're uh, awarded this at the uh, Energy Efficiency Forum, which is held every June in Washington D.C. We're coming up on the 17th annual, and uh, they are you know they're brought to Washington and they and they're they're presented to the uh, to all the policymakers and for the, some of their great ideas and so that's what that particular program is. But I, I see. Okay. But what, what, what Seek is is uh, is sort of the educational. Excuse me. It's the adult version. We've had programs for students for years, and uh, they, they're very very popular. And we decided we you know let's let's create an adult version so organizations can educate their employees on you know how to. Um, Save energy at home and at work. How to how to use alternative transportation. What are the benefits of it? Things like that. Great. Well, good good to know. And is there anything else along the educational lines that you want to share with our audience while we're talking about that topic? Well, sure. You can get that at you can go to the Johnson Controls uh, uh, website, which is www.johnsoncontrols.com. Okay. Good to know. And I'm just curious, kind of uh, switching gears a little bit here. Um, how important is direct communication to 
to the consumers. I know you're obviously you're selling through larger corporations and you know people who are dealing with buildings and automobile manufacturers and things like that. So, how much time and percentage of resources does Johnson Controls spend as a company reaching directly out to consumers at this point? It's going to be something that we're going to do more and more of. Is that we're um, because it's hard to pick up a. Uh, a magazine or TV program these days without something you know on global climate change yeah. and uh, green and, and issues around that and so we're, we uh, we feel that you know that we really want to help educate the public and in fact we created an organization called the Alliance for Sustainable Built Environments and this is a group of companies who have collaborated to to uh, strictly for education. The companies are Johnson Controls, Johnson Diversity, Milliken, Forbo, Owens Corning, U.S. Gypsum, and Kohler. Mm-hmm. Some of whom um, have been recent guests on this program, as a matter of fact. Wonderful. Phil, Philip says that as well. So these eight companies uh, uh, are busy educating um, you know, the marketplace and educating uh, consumers and just creating you know, different ways to do that. From seminars to articles to you know, websites and things of that nature to educate uh, you know people on on the benefits of sustainability and green buildings and you know and the like. How how long have you guys been in this business? And, you know, really. You mean we with? being Johnson Controls. Yeah, or, or in the business of how long has well, I'm curious about how long Johnson Controls has been around, but also in really implementing and you know working in the in the area of environmental sustainability with regards to manufacturing and. We well, you know it's really been somewhat. Um, we've been around for over a hundred years, hundred and twenty years, mm-hmm. and Johnson Controls um, has always been a leader in building efficiency. Building productivity, energy efficiency, and so it's been that's been a core, you know, capability for for decades. And um, as as green became more and more defined, it, the, the irony is it's everything we've been you know been trying to to uh, deliver for generations. It's uh, so it just became a very natural extension for us. Uh, every building has a building automation system, and lo and behold, in the world of lead and green, you use that building automation system very aggressively, and you and you save lots of energy, and you and you have improved indoor quality, and you you know that's what makes a green building. It's been a natural you know extension of what we've always done, and you know almost validation is that these are the things that we've always felt were were important and made you know better buildings and so you know now it's you know a third independent third party you know builds builds a rating system around it and says you know do this do this do this you're going to be green and so it's for us it's, you know, it's exciting and and validation something you've been already doing so i just want to point out to the uh, listeners out there that we've been throwing around the term uh, lead which has come up on other programs but um, that stands for leadership in energy and environmental design and tends to be a more more on the commercial side um, a set of uh, building uh, specifications and guidelines for uh, what's considered economically sustainable and well, sorry, environmentally sustainable. Residential lead for homes is now being led. Yeah, that's right. Residential. I was just speaking to uh, Michael McCutcheon, a residential builder, and uh, had mentioned that uh, on our program last week. So, so we're seeing lead come over into the uh, residential area as well. We've even developed a lead 
type rating system for transportation. Really, that's um, interesting. Now that I have not heard about. No, and that's because it hasn't been, uh, uh, you know, widely distributed. It, uh, you know, a group of us got together and said, "Well, lead works for buildings. Um, what if we, you know, could you create a lead rating system for for transportation?" Makes sense. And we did, and it's a it's it's uh, there's a white paper on it, and it it uh, it really is a life cycle assessment of an automobile from the materials that go into the vehicle to the end of life, you know, recycling of that vehicle, um, and it's 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 surprisingly, um, you know, as you look at it, you go, yeah, this really passes the sniff test. Mm-hmm. This looks good, and so don't be surprised if you know you know suddenly there's a lead rating system for vehicles. Well, it's it's needed, you know, and in the absence of of uh, any kind of federal regulation, which is certainly a, a double-edged sword and not something that that everyone out there is going to want, uh, we need some sort of specifications, and it makes sense that it would come from the forgive the in, the pun in advance the leader uh, with with regards to uh, these kinds of specifications. Lead's been around for a while, so. I think what will happen, too, is that you're going to have states and large, large buying consortiums, you know, whether, it's a, you know, uh, whether it's a state that buys vehicles or, or a, uh, um, a rental company that, you know, um, and let's say they made a decision to, uh, we're only going to buy vehicles that have um, the you know, following ratings, uh, you know, rating. And uh, that those kinds of things move markets very rapidly. And um, we're seeing it now. You know, I mean, two of our largest industries, the building industry and the automotive industry, are in the process of going green before yeah. our very eyes. Yep. Well, it's good. It's good. It's about and time. It's happening <laughs> quicker than anyone anticipated, and it's a good thing. And and the market, you know, uh, market transformation is is, uh, uh, is is something to behold. And when it happens, you know, you're either you know a winner or a loser, and you you better better go with the you know. With the uh, you know with the transformation. Yeah, well, Paul, thank you for being on the program today. It's good to hear from companies that I mean, there's obviously there's B2B vendors out there that are helping make all of this happen. And though uh, you know you've been off the, my radar screen for a while, it's really good to have you on the program today to share what you've been doing and the, you know the the ways that you're making an impact in these efforts. And uh, Paul von Palmgarten, director of Energy and Environmental Affairs from Johnson Controls, thanks again for being on the program. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.